Hello. This podcast is sponsored by aboutmeditation.com and our free How to Meditate mini course. Learn meditation in five easy lessons at aboutmeditation.com. Welcome to the One Mind Podcast from aboutmeditation.com. My name's Morgan Dix and I'm your host. On One Mind, we explore different angles on meditation, mindfulness, and health. We interview experts and everyday practitioners to bring you the stories, the science, and the exploration that will help you understand why this ancient practice is more relevant and important today than ever before. Hi everyone. This week I'm excited to share my interview with my good friend Sonia Thompson. So Sonia is an entrepreneur and she's been meditating for just a few years. After spending one week at a yoga and meditation ashram a couple years ago, she's become a passionate meditator and she still meditates every day. As you'll hear in our conversation today, it's the first thing that she actually does every single day after she wakes up. So in this interview, Sonia describes how her physical yoga practice was a gateway for meditation. And she talks about how as great as her physical yoga asana practice was, she found herself yearning for something deeper. And she found that something in meditation during her week-long retreat at the ashram. But what I loved about this interview with Sonia is the way that she talks about meditation as a habit. And she shares some really fantastic insights about habits and says some very interesting things in the context of her work as an entrepreneur about why and how meditation is so valuable for generating and maintaining the kind of focus that anyone who's an entrepreneur really needs to succeed in their business. And to be honest, her thoughts on the power of meditation as a habit, you can't really restrict them to just entrepreneurs. It applies to anyone who's endeavoring to live a creative life and do big things. So I think you're going to pick up some super useful tips. I think you're going to find this valuable and hopefully find some real inspiration to fuel your own meditation practice. Let's dive into this interview with Sonia Thompson. Sonia, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you on here. Wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And so I think we can just dive right in. I'd love to start by asking our guests a little bit, basically just about your story. How did you start meditating? What was happening in your life that led you to seek starting a meditation practice? I've always been a spiritual person. So prayer has generally been a regular daily part of my life. I think it was back in um, 2013, yeah. I went and um, I started a yoga practice. I had tried yoga a couple of times before, but I hated it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but really? I, 
at this time, I got back into yoga. I started going to my gym and I started going to classes once a week. Mm -hmm. And I found an instructor that I really enjoyed. And even though I didn't always enjoy the class, like I I, I used to tell people I hated every minute of it, but I would always go back because I, I just loved it and I got used to it. And then they added another class with that same instructor. So then it moved to twice a week. Mm -hmm. As I got going more with yoga, I had a good friend of mine who had went on a couple of trips to India and spent a few weeks at an ashram. And he was just telling me about how he was getting more into yoga and how the ashram really deepened his experience and that their yoga, like the asanas that you do in yoga is just one part of yoga. Mm. There are many other parts of it. And he was explaining it to me. And I knew that I had was enjoying starting to enjoy yoga more now. And I knew it was quickly going to become a daily part of my life. But I felt like I was missing something in it. Mm. Like I, I knew there was more to get that I wasn't necessarily getting at a gym experience. And it wasn't a knock at all on the gym. The purpose in the gym is to work out. (laughs) Right. So, um, that got me in the habit of doing yoga, but I, I found that I was yearning for diving deeper into a yoga practice, which meant I needed to add that component of meditation. In the summer of 2013, I went to an ashram in the U.S. I went to Yogaville in Virginia for well, five days. One question I have, I want to hear all about this, but what before we jump into your experience on the retreat, what was it? In your yoga practice, you said you felt there was a missing component. Was there a time in your yoga practice that you were being taught meditation or in Shavasana, were you having certain teachers lead you through guided meditations? What led you to the conclusion that meditation was a thing that was missing? As I talked to my friend, um, and he was explaining the different elements of yoga, and I was sort of witnessing how that was changing his life and his daily practice. Mm. And I knew I wasn't getting that at the gym. So I actually started to do my own research online about breathing and why breathing is so important. And it had much more of a spiritual component the more I dove into it online. Right. And I was like, oh, like I understood that I wasn't getting that at the gym because we didn't really even do chanting or, you know, anything like that. It was just much more of a, it was a workout. <laughs> right. It was a workout. And, you know, I'm still very thankful for that because that was established my foundation in yoga. But doing a little bit of research and talking with my friend, that's what sort of got me curious in wanting to explore it more and realizing, oh my, there's so much more to this thing. And that's what gets people to do yoga for 20 years or make it a lifelong thing because it's not just about, hey, I got a good workout. I'm, I'm a little bit more flexible than I was. It's deeper for them. And I wanted to go deeper and explore what that was so right. I could get more of a fuller experience from my practice. So also just stepping back professionally and in your family and in your life, you hadn't really done meditation up until this point, right? Right. No, not at all. Not at all. So in fact, whenever I mentioned to my sisters that I was going to an ashram, they're they're all looking at me kind of like, what are you doing? Like, (laughs) if you want to relax, why don't you just go to the beach? Yeah. (laughs) Like they, it just seemed 
too mystical to them. Like it was, you know, they didn't know anybody who would go to an ashram. They had never heard of the term. Yeah. Um, so it was a very new concept. So yeah, it, you know, yoga, you know, meditation, it was still very new to everybody in my circle with the exception of, of my friend that sort of introduced me to some of these things. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. And can you define for people who may be listening, but don't know, what an ashram is or an ashram, ashram. Can you define what that is or give people a general idea? Um, the way I think of it, you know, because there, people go for, for different reasons, but I think of it as more of a retreat. And yeah. you can use it as a spiritual retreat because with it, you're focused on meditation, on yoga, on healthy eating, on quiet time for re reflection. Mm. And the first time that I was introduced to it, a friend that I went to college with, um, were Facebook friends. She went on a retreat and I remember her posting photos and reading a blog post about her experiences there. And she went to Yogaville. That's how I knew about that. And I was intrigued. So whenever my friend mentioned that he went to this ashram in India, I didn't think I was going to be going to India at that point. So I decided to go to the Yogaville that was much closer because I was living in Philadelphia at the time. But yeah, it was just a nice place for immersion into the process. Because for me, whenever I went there, there was meditation twice a day, yoga twice a day. Then you can participate in karma yoga, which is where you're doing some type of work for the upkeep of the ashram with yeah. no no benefit, no tangible benefit. So it gets you in the habit of participating in a community and doing activities without any type of expectation of any reward that you're going to get from it. Yeah. So that was cool because you're sort of taking a step away from the outside world and all the troubles, worries, and you're focusing inward on your practice and getting adjusted to sort of a new way of life. And it was interesting because the first meditation sessions at the ashram were at 5 a.m. <laughs> and I am Ooh. not a morning person. Yeah. <laughs> at this time of the year, we went in the summer. One of my girlfriends went with me. This was the first one. This is like when you had decided the yoga at the gym was not satisfying you. You needed something deeper. And then you, you're like, all right, I'm going to Yogaville. And then this is where the story picks up when you and your girlfriend went down. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So me and my girlfriend, we went down. And so we arrived on a Sunday. We missed the day's yoga, but we were able to pick up the meditation before dinner. Yeah. And I always laugh at it because my friend who had went to the ashram in India, he sort of warned me <laughs> about the different breathing exercises that they do. Yeah. And the practices because, you know, it makes noise. And if you're not used to meditation, you're just going to be kind of like, what, what's going on? What's happening? <laughs> right. So whenever we sat down for meditation, and this is an hour-long meditation session, and then everybody was going through their breathing practice and their breathing exercises, um, and I forget even the name of what it's called, but it's just when you're breathing in and breathing out very quickly, and you hear all the, the sounds, and it's just like, I, d I remember opening my eyes like, what's going on? And then I realized, oh yeah, this is what my friend was talking about. Yeah. So it was helpful to have a little bit of a foundation. Yes. Um, and I was able to sort of let my girlfriend know as well. So we both knew what to expect at that point. Oh, that's hilarious. But <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> but from that day on, as we would go forth, there was 5 a.m. meditation for an hour. Then we would go to yoga, which would be an hour and a half. Then we would go to breakfast. Then we would have a little bit of time for ourselves 
Then we come back um, at noon. We go to another meditation session before lunch and have some more free time. And then later on, she would go to another meditation session. I went to a second yoga class and then Mm -hmm. we'd have dinner. It was great. And it was really cool to see the evolution of the meditation over the twice daily meditation over five days is a short period of time. And I remember the first couple of days as I was going through it and, you know, I was like, man, my legs hurt as I'm sitting here trying to, you know, how, how can I sit here for an hour with my legs crossed? Like they hurt. So my mind is wandering all over the place. I'm peeking at the clock. I'm peeking at other people. But as I, you know, cause I, all I was thinking was I'm not doing this right. Like, you know, yeah. my mind is everywhere. I'm not doing this right. And that was sort of the point. Like I needed to just let my mind settle down and get out of that you know, constant overdrive thinking process and just sit and relax. And over time, you know, my legs, they stopped bothering me. (laughs) My body was able to settle down into the posture and I was able to quiet my mind much more quickly and had beautiful experiences in meditation. And the same for yoga. It was great to have different type of instruction and where it wasn't like at the gym, it was very athletic, which was good. But for here, you can still get an athletic workout, but it was very peaceful and tranquil. Mm -hmm. And there is a something, a statement that one of the yoga instructors said during one of the sessions, she's like, no tension, but without effort. I mean, no, I messed I mess that up. <laughs> no problem. Um, no tension, but with effort. Yes. Uh, and that has stuck with me in many situations, and I use it just more of like a life mantra, there shouldn't be any tension, but you still have to try. You still have to put yeah. the work in. Yeah. And, and that was just the first time I experienced yoga. And I felt like one of, one of the sessions I wanted to cry because it was just like this beautiful experience. I felt like I, I achieved that, that deeper that I was long, longing for. in yoga. And it was very cool because I think I just finally was able to connect the two between the meditation and the yoga and thinking of it more broadly versus just a workout. That's awesome. All right. So a couple things. One is I can (laughs) totally relate to what you're saying about tension without effort or effort Mm -hmm. without tension, rather. Effort without tension. Yeah. It's easy when you mess up. Well, because it, it captures this beautiful middle point that my former teacher used to emphasize too, where he would describe meditation at its essence as the perfect middle place between total alertness and total Mm -hmm. relaxation. So be totally relaxed and totally alert. That is not as easy as it sounds. And no, not at all. <laughs> to main, exactly. To maintain that posture, that position inwardly is challenging. And it really takes a lot of practice. So I loved that you brought that in because it's really, that's the heart of meditation is really finding that yeah. perfect middle place. So yeah. that's awesome. And then, all right. So you basically then, you describe this trajectory where I thought I was so great the way you described it. When you came into the ashram and you started the meditation sessions, and because I think this is just the proverbial experience or the prototypical experience for people when they when they start meditating or they con- or they go on a retreat is like mm-hmm. your your kind of attention 
it's all on the surface in the beginning, you know, your aches and pains and your insecurities. It's like what we all go through. Everything in your life, all the momentum of your usual, very stimulated experience, it's still going strong. And so when you sit down, it's your active, critical, judging mind is still just kind of sorting everything out. I'm not doing this right. What should I be doing? This is frustrating and (laughs) and looking at the clock. And I know this from my own experience, and you really described it well, is like, it's almost like this is true in meditation itself, but also like when you go on a retreat, it's almost like your mind shifts into a different gear or you, mm-hmm. you shift almost into a different mind where everything starts to slow down. And, you know, you were describing that process really beautifully. And then you described this point where something really dropped and, can you take us more into that? What what happened? Like, what do you remember about that moment? What was the catalyst? And just if you could describe the experience itself too, that'd be great. I think I was finally able to just let go. I, at this point, I knew the process. I knew kind of what was going to happen, the way things were going to work. I knew I'm going to, you know, my legs are going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but at this time, my legs are starting to release because they're getting used to it. So all the distractions, all the things that can sort of throw me off, they're getting out of the way. By this time, I'm much more able to quickly get into the routine. And it was great because at that point, I was just able to, I want to say focus. Focus doesn't seem like the right word. But just to sort of slip into that space. Mm. Um, so before, like each day, I might have had glimpses. So like maybe at the end of an hour-long meditation session, I'd have two good minutes at the end yeah. where I felt like, oh, I finally was able to sort of slip into this state of relaxation that everybody talks about where I don't feel like I'm thinking and I'm not really aware of my thoughts. Whenever I was finally able to have that and it came by me not trying to get there. Right. Um, it was just more of, I'm here, you know, embracing what it is that I'm experiencing, what I'm feeling, and just not letting it take control of my thoughts and just saying, I already know that this is going to be. And then, you know, just let it be. And eventually, you know, you're able to slip into a place where you're in a much more relaxed state than in where your mind is sort of at rest. And that was a beautiful experience. I remember crying at the end. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. Yeah, (laughs) You know, this is amazing. And it's one of those life-changing experiences when you're, it wasn't even about doing it right. It was just feeling like, yes, I experienced this. There's more to get. And I just felt it. And how do I get more of that? Not I wasn't necessarily judging anything. It was just, now I know this is possible and there's more. And it's just a matter of continuing the process to be able to get there, get to this place again in in a much more consistent way on a regular basis. Mm. So you then went back to Yogaville. What, What was different after the retreat? So after the retreat, I definitely was much more consistent in my yoga practice I do have to admit that my meditation practice wasn't quite as consistent as it should have been. Sure. But since then, I have sort of gotten back on track. Just like in, in Yogaville, 
meditation is the first thing you do when you get up in the morning at this point. And I can't even tell you how long I've been doing it this way. Mm. But whenever I wake up, I get out of bed. The first thing I do is sit down on my yoga mat and I do meditation. Awesome. Right now, I still do it. Um, I do it for 20 minutes a day. If for some reason I, I don't have, you know, I do my 20 minutes of meditation and my then I do some prayer and reading and all that. And that's how I start every day. Yeah. Now, if there's pretty rush morning, if I don't have time, I do five minutes and yeah. I try to just wherever I can, I try to do the full 20 minutes. But if I'm strapped, that five minutes is still very helpful just to get me grounded and centered and focused and even just the process of, I know this is the first thing that I do. Like my day doesn't start properly if I don't sit on the mat, the first thing that I do. That's powerful. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a great thing to know in that routine of it is just sort of kicks you off right. Like, yes, I, you know, I can sort of check that box as in I have set my day up to have a really good foundation. Yeah. And meditation starts there. Five minutes makes a big difference, but 20 minutes is better. <laughs> so when you do that first five to 20 minutes in the morning, what is the technique exactly that you're practicing? Okay. So for the first few minutes, and I don't know exactly how long this breakdown goes, yeah. but um, I don't know the terms. But the first are I do two breathing exercises, and these are exercises that I picked up at the ashram. One is the first one where you hold one nostril, breathe in, and then breathe out, and then you switch. Yeah. So I just do that a couple of times over and over. And then the next breathing exercise is all about where you breathe in, breathe in, breathe in, breathe in. It's that noise that everybody was making at the meditation yeah. <laughs> when I was at the ashram. And I was like, what is that? I still don't know the name of it or I forgot the name of it, but I do that breathing exercise. I repeat that a couple of times and then I just sort of sit and take the deep breaths and just sort of get into that quiet, still place. Mm. That's awesome. And then do you notice you were alluding to this as you were describing how meditation is like the setup and the foundation for your day. How do you see meditation carrying through into your life specifically, like what do you experience as the benefits? I'm calmer. I'm calmer. And as an entrepreneur, it's very easy to not be focused. It's very easy for things to rattle you and get you frustrated and they can sort of derail your day. Yeah. But now I start from a much more calm and centered place. So that gets me on a good foundation for the day. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it's where I'm not necessarily bringing in cares and worries that maybe I went to bed with. Or if I wake up having something on my mind, I can clear that out and start fresh with a clean slate there whenever I sit down on the mat for that meditation time period. Also, as I go throughout the day, if I find something that's frustrating me, I know that, you know, the meditation doesn't, it's not limited to that 20 minutes on my mat in the morning. You know, I can take a moment and just take a few breaths and breathe and just sort of be calm and center myself. And that allows me to not get stressed because, you know, stress isn't good, period. Yeah. <laughs> and as an entrepreneur, it's easy to go to those places. So it's helpful to just know that I can just take a few moments and breathe and, you know, just sort of recenter. And that makes a big difference. 
But also the routine of doing that every day, making it a habit. Uh, as an entrepreneur as well, habits are critical because your day can be very flexible. But I work from home. And I think a lot of times whenever you have people who know you work at home, they, they understand that you're working, but it's very easy for your schedule to sort of be thrown off yeah. by requests from other people. And this helps to establish habits that sort of help to not throw my day into a frenzy. Yeah. I think we, we, we were talking before about a keystone habit. This is a keystone habit that sets up all the other habits that I have throughout the day. Oh, that's awesome. So you also experience meditation as a keystone habit. Yes. Just because if I know I can get up and sit on the mat every day, first thing, I can write every day. I can do some sort of workout. I can get some yoga in every day in some way, shape, or form because I know that I've proven I can do something every day consistently. You see the benefits that it has. So it's compounding. And even when other habits may slip from time to time, the meditation one is not. That that does not. And because I know I can do that, it's easy for me to get back on the wagon with the other things. Nice. And everyone, if you're curious about Keystone Habits, go check out, I think it's episode eight of the One Mind podcast. And we did a whole episode on how to turn meditation into a keystone habit. So check that out. It's awesome to hear you talk about it, Sonia. I love, you know, I'm a huge fan of habits and I love hearing other people talk about it and hear the really dramatic impact that it has. Yeah, thanks for that. My pleasure. And all right, so can you, before we wrap up, can you tell everyone a little bit just about the work that you do as an entrepreneur and then also... How can people get in touch with you? Sure. Um, so the name of my business is uh, Try Business School. And I teach entrepreneurs and those who want to start a business how to get started from the standpoint of marketing and strategy. And I give them the information that they need to know step by step. Because a lot of times people are great at their craft, whether they're a writer, a barber, or um, a graphic designer, but it's the business part of running a business that people often struggle with. Yeah. And um, there's the basics of you know strategy and marketing and creating a customer experience, but there's also those intangibles about being an entrepreneur that are critical, like focus and habits and mentors that are essential to your success. So I talk about all those things over on my blog, um, and I also have a podcast. It's called I Am The One, where I talk to entrepreneurs about their experiences building and growing their business to make life better for the people that they serve. So if you want to connect, uh, you can find me over at Try Biz School. That's T-R-Y-B-I-Z School. Cool. And everyone, I will link up to Sonia's podcast and her website in the show notes here so you can check all that out. So would you say, Sonia, for entrepreneurs that meditation is important? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. I agree. Uh, yeah. It'll set the foundation to keep you grounded because one of the success triggers of entrepreneurs is being methodical rather than frantic. And meditation and frantic are at two opposite ends of the, of the spectrum. 
And if you find that you operate in a state of chaos and being frantic frequently, meditation will help to calm you down and bring a little bit more focus and um, structure to your life that will pay many dividends for you as you build your business. And one book I know that I think really helped me kind of harness the power of focus in my own life as an entrepreneur was this book by Gary Keller called The One Thing. And mm-hmm. It's a great book. I mean, for any entrepreneur and for, well, for anyone who's trying to do big things, it's a wonderful resource. It helped me really let go of the things that weren't as important as the most important thing. And, and that was amazing because it really aligned with my meditation practice. And I found that meditation, it, it allowed me to just clear the space and get very clear about what's the most important thing for me to do. And then right. I could really, similar to you in my morning kind of ritual or routine, I could really isolate those one or two things that were going to be the biggest leverage points of my day and go after them. And I felt like it was this combination of meditation and then some of the insights that came from that book that you're expressing a lot of the very same principles that I got out of out of that combination. So I recommend that to everyone. The Gary Keller, The One Thing. I've heard great things about that book. I need to go ahead and, and get it and read it. <laughs> oh, forget it. You, you, you'll love it, especially because you also have some of these kind of cornerstones in place in your own daily routine. That This is just going to add fuel to the fire for you. Yeah. Good. Well, Sonia, thank you so much. It's re- it's been great talking with you, and uh, I wish you really good luck. And do you have any parting words of advice or words of wisdom for folks on who are listening who may be new to meditation? Give it a chance. If I would have only went based on my first two or three experiences, I wouldn't be meditating still today. Yeah. <laughs> so you you have to give it time to work. And some days may not be so good. And it doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean like don't so don't just be consistent with it and you will see the benefits of it. But as you're being consistent, remember that whole thing about um without tension but with effort <laughs> that's yes. where you'll really start to see the benefits of it so just keep with it put the effort in being consistent with it but don't put tension on yourself to try and make sure you feel like you're doing it right awesome thank you so much sonia thank you morgan this has been great so i hope you enjoyed my conversation with sonia thompson If you want to learn more about Sonia's work, I've included links to her website in the show notes. You can find those at onemind.com. That's www.onemind.com. And I wanted to give a shout out to all of you who've left me a rating and a review over on iTunes. Thank you so much. Folks like GF Yogi Mom, Psyche17, Matt McWilliams, Chimp Newton, Applejack73, and N. Bergen. You guys are just a few on the list, but I just wanted to give a shout out and thank you and all of you who've left me a rating and a review. And if you haven't left me a rating and a review yet, but you enjoy this podcast, please consider heading over to iTunes and leaving me a rating 
and a review. I read all of them and I'm super grateful. And please feel free to share your thoughts and your feedback and anything you want to say about the podcast. Also, this show was sponsored by our free How to Meditate mini course. You can learn meditation in five easy lessons at aboutmeditation.com. And finally, let's end with a quote. And this one is from Swami Satchidananda, the famous Woodstock guru. And he is the founder of Yogaville, which is the ashram that Sonia spoke about today. And he says, begin with little things daily. And one day, you'll be doing things that months back you would have thought impossible.